Well, throughout Advent, we have been looking at the sayings of Jesus in John's gospel, the I am sayings. And today we finish that with an I am saying that is not in John's gospel, but in another work by St. John, the, the book of Revelation. We end with the saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And what Jesus is doing in all of, of these sayings is kind of upping the ante. He is basically letting people know that what they have projected into him is not accurate. And he's trying to define, trying to clarify who he is and what he is about. And so we end with this saying from the book of Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega, I am the first and the last, I'm the first letter of the Greek alphabet, I am the last letter of the Greek alphabet, I am all of the letters in between, in other words. And it's a saying that's not unlike what St. Paul sings in Colossians chapter 1, when he talks about the, the resurrected Christ being the one who is before all things, and that in him all things hold together. There's a universality of in the person of Jesus that these writers are speaking to. The book of Revelation is the last book in the Bible, and, and so it's appropriate that this saying would appear there. And it appears twice. It appears at the beginning of the book, and then in chapter 21, almost the last chapter of the book of Revelation. And it's a kind of a summary, if you will, of really all of the I Am sayings. And so I'd like to read the portion in the first chapter where these, this saying occurs, beginning at uh, verse 4 and continuing on to verse 18. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the persecution and the kingdom and the patient endurance, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white as wool, white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined as in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, 
and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining with full force. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, and see, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, help us this day to grasp even just a small part of this big picture that you paint. Help us to find our place in that massive space which is defined by your beginning and the ending that you have, defined completely by your being. Help us to see our part of that and so be given the confidence to live reflecting your love. For we pray in your name. Amen. It probably goes without saying, but I think most of us uh, would be suspicious of anyone who makes the claim, I am the only one who can make this happen. I am the only one who can get this done. If you're going to trust in anything, your trust is best placed in me because no one else can do what I do. It's hard for us to hear that coming out of the mouth of any human being. How can you greet an outlandish claim like this with anything but skepticism if it comes from a mortal? And yet this is essentially the claim that Jesus made of himself over and over again. And the audacity that he had to say to the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day that before Abraham was, I am. Before the most important person in some ways in your tradition, the father of your nation, before he ever was, before he was a gleam in whose ever eye he was a gleam in, I am. I pre-existed him. It's a claim that was incendiary, if you will, in the religious world of, of Jesus' day. And it continued to be incendiary as the early church took it up and began to live into it. They had no end of problems with Rome because of it. For the Pharisees, Jesus in, encounters with them was something that brought forth claims on their part of, of blasphemy because he takes the name of God as if it is his own name, I am. For Rome, it was not blasphemy, it was sedition. It was a way of undermining the state because the earliest confession of the church was Jesus is Lord, which was co-opting the Roman confession, which was Caesar was Lord. And frankly, when we hear it today, it's still a little unarming. It's still incendiary, if you will, in our world. Because in a world that values plurality and inclusivity, it feels arrogantly exclusive. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. It's Jesus saying, I don't have merely one of the good paths to God. I don't just teach some good principles for how to live one's life. 
I am the only path and the only principle, and I don't simply have one of the stories. I am the story. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Revelation 5, as you move through this phenomenal book, is there's a scene that John describes where he has a vision of the resurrected Christ. And he essentially says, if you want to know the meaning of human history, if you want to make sense of human existence, then look to Jesus. If you look at Revelation 5, 1 through 10, there's a discussion of a scroll that appears, the scroll that is the explanation of human history, the scroll that is the key to life, if, if you will. And John weeps because he hears that there is no one worthy to open the scroll. And then someone says to him, no, but wait, there is one who's worthy. The lamb, the lion of Judah, the root of Jesse, he is worthy and he will, can open the, the scroll. And, and then John turns and, and he says, I turned, and there's a kind of a cinematic quality to this text. I turned and there I saw a lamb standing if, as if it had been slaughtered. I hadn't realized I lost my notes here. Standing as if, if slain. And the lamb is the one who is pronounced to be worthy because he has conquered. And he takes the scroll. And when he takes the scroll, all of creation in heaven and earth breaks forth into song. And the lamb is the point, therefore, of all of history. The Alpha and Omega, he restores relationship between humanity and God. What a claim. And frankly, it's a little hard to take in. And if we do take it in, as history has shown, if we do take it in as the church in history has demonstrated, it can unfortunately lead to a kind of arrogance and judgment and abuse of power that destroys rather than builds up. And certainly the history of the church reveals it. The kinds of things that have happened throughout history have, have produced in a kind of humorous culmination a bumper sticker that I saw once that says, Jesus, save me from your followers. Jesus, save me from those people who think they're always right and impose this wickedness on others. The kinds of things that have been done in Jesus' name in order to attempt to force the world into accepting this confession that Jesus is Lord, by using earthly power to attempt to force the world to accept a heavenly truth, it's absurd. And yet here's the thing. Here's the thing that Jesus himself says that makes this a little bit different of an edge and, and therefore a different story is told. In Mark 10, he says, you know, after talking to James and John who, who kind of want a place in the cabinet when Jesus is uh, made king of creation, put us on your right and your left hand. And Jesus says, well, that's not really mine to grant. And then he goes on to say, you know, the kings of the earth lord things over their subjects. They're tyrannical, but it shall not be so among you. 
And those who want to be great must become servant to all. Those who want to become first must be the last. They must be the slave of all. It's a very different thing than imposing his lordship through human and earthly power. Now, I've loved watching the Netflix series, The Crown, and I don't know whether you've seen that. But in the first season, there is a scene early in that first season where King George, Elizabeth's father, is talking to his son-in-law, Philip. And he says, if you want to understand what this job is about, your job to be spouse of the queen, you need to understand that she is the point of all that you do and all that you are. And nothing that you do and nothing that you are grows out of anything more or less than making her the point. And later, in another season, Philip is talking to his daughter-in-law, Diana, who is very frustrated at what is happening within the royal family. And he says essentially the same thing to her. You must understand that the queen is the point. If you're in this family, you are about making her the point. And just as he wasn't very happy with that when he heard it from his father-in-law, neither was she happy with it when she heard it from her father-in-law. It doesn't sit well with either one of them at the time that it is uttered, and it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel big enough. It doesn't feel big enough to simply dedicate oneself to the preservation of an idea, to the protection of an office, especially when the one in it is not defined and actually quite flawed. And it really isn't therefore big enough. Yet what Jesus is talking about is big enough. What is big enough is to deny oneself and take up our cross and follow Jesus is the fact that he has come for us and denied himself in order to draw us to himself. What's big enough to acknowledge him as the Alpha and Omega, to give all of self away for this king, is the fact that this king gave all of himself away for us. He doesn't merely ask us to shore up his kingdom through personal sacrifice for him. He asks us to follow him in the choice to lay aside the crown, the divine prerogative, the power, in order to seek the best of the ones he came to love and to save. He didn't come to dominate us. Quite the opposite. He came to be with us and draw us into the relationship for which we were made. And so in Revelation 21, John says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, 
For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is with mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. And also he said, I write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning in the end, to the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Let's pray. Lord, continue to show us the way to that spring and continue to empower us to take on the mind that is your mind, that mind that does not count equality with God, a thing to be exploited, but is willing to empty yourself of it. Help us to seek that way of service, O God, and seek reconciliation with that big, big picture that you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you, but that you have come after us by becoming one of us. And so inviting us back into that reality. And all of this we give thanks for in Jesus' name. Amen.